Good morning. I'm Karen Audubonny, and welcome to TKO. Okay, folks, so the show before Thanksgiving, um, I think we'll be laid back today. It's just me, you, the listeners. Uh, we're going to have a bunch of call-ins, I hope. I'm going to give you those call-in lines. I'm going to throw out some topics and catch up with what's been going on with the supervisors in the last two weeks, uh, what's going on locally, but I want you guys to call in and input, you folks that are listening, 895 um, so we can have a nice conversation about what's going on in local topics before Thanksgiving. One of the big things I wanted to get out right away is, yes, it is Thanksgiving. There's a lot of people that are in need. Um, I wanted to thank Beth Lang for doing the great, uh, on the community uh, calendar, talking about the different uh, dinners that are going on in the communities. And I also wanted to say that um, the food banks, there's a lot of food banks out there. And I actually wanted to, there's a whole list of them that people have put out. You can go to a, a resource online as Mendocino County Food Resources. But I just want to throw out the ones I have listed here so people know. I know if you're in your, we're a small community, so you probably know where there's a food bank. But the reason I'm going to put this out is they need help. Food's up. Cost of living has been up. There is inflation going on with food and gas. So delivery costs and all of that. So I know we all like to donate food, but right now the purchasing power of these food banks is much greater than the purchasing power that I have. They can buy in volume. They can get things cheaper, that kind of stuff. So what I'm going to recommend to people is volunteer, help them out, and if you can, give them money so they have more purchasing power with the money they have because that's what needs to be done. So I'm going to give a list here. Um, and you want to Make sure, I'm going to say this right up front, make sure you call these local food banks to make sure the hours are correct. Because the first one listed here is the Anderson Valley Food Pantry, which happens, and it has the wrong dates and times because we've updated it. And because I, I volunteer there after the show, I happen to know that. So it's the Anderson Valley Food Bank. It's located at our Grange on Highway 128. And it's now the second Wednesday, and second and fourth Wednesday of the month. And it's from 2.30 to 5.30 in the afternoon. There's a food pantry in Redwood Valley, a Redwood Valley Food Pantry. That happens in Covalo. There's a Gualala Food Pantry. That's down in Gualala. Leightonville Food Pantry. Leggett Food Pantry. So folks, do what you can. Costs are up. People are trying to do what they can, and so uh, these food banks now, with inflation, I think we have become so much more important. Um, and to see the volume of food that goes through um, the food banks is pretty impressive. Fort Bragg Food Bank uh, Services brings the food down for the Anderson Valley Pantry, and it's pretty impressive what they do, folks. Uh, all pretty very impressive i'm always overwhelmed with the volume of food that they're able to give out and it's it's not going to be everything everybody needs but it's going to be a supplement to allow them to get what they may need with the little bit of money they have left so that's that's one thing i wanted to do encourage people to do that um also, the other thing is, is coming up is, uh, oh, what do you call it, Black Friday, Shop Friday after Thanksgiving, which I never do and don't support. But if you do shop this year and are able to shop this year for Christmas and for presents and stuff, I'm going to push Shop Local. 
because you know what? There is a supply chain um, problem when you shop local. Local artists, there's not a supply chain thing. It's kind of it's right there, you know, available and all of that. And I know that there's a lot of community uh, Christmas fairs, um, goods, and artists getting together to get goods to the communities. So uh, please take the time, see what's local. Shop local, support our local artists and our local small businesses because, like I said, there's no supply chain breakup or slowdown or any of that happening there. So that's another thing. Shop local, shop local. And then the other thing is indeed, if indeed you do shop online and you happen to use Amazon, which I totally try to do not very often but i do occasionally have to do it for parts and things for the ranch um one of the things i do do is i do amazon smile and what that is is that you can get a get your amazon account and make it amazon smile and what happens with everything that i buy there's a small percentage it's small but it does add up a small percentage that i can benefit a local nonprofit. And there's a whole list of all the nonprofits and you have a local nonprofits. I'm on the Anderson Valley Elder Home Board, so I make it go there. You can do it to the food banks. You could probably do it to the homeless shelters, plowshares, anywhere in the county where there's a nonprofit, they can get the money, a little percentage of anything you buy online. So if you do that, this is a way that you can also funnel money back into the community by purchasing power. Okay, so there we go. Anyway, today it's you and me. We're going to talk about a lot of different issues that's been going on in the county, but I also want to talk about the holiday and everybody being safe and traveling safe. Um, price of gas. Oh my God, I just paid five fifty at the in Anderson Valley to get gas, but that's we've been paying five dollars for several years, so it's fifty cents difference. Still, it hits the pocketbook. It's going to make a difference as other costs go up. So anyway, phone number here eight nine five two four four. Eight. I'm going to get the first caller on the line, and then I want to catch up with what the supervisor's been doing, because I like to give you guys a summary of what I've been listening to online for weeks on end. It's been two weeks, so they've been up to a few things I want to talk about, but let's see if we get a caller on, because that's my priority day. Let's talk as a community. All right, caller, you're on the air with me. What's your topic today? Well, I have a compliment and a question. I want to thank you for your great program, including um, keeping us up to date on what's going on with the Board of Supervisors and maybe um, uh, some um, significant um, uh, events with city councils. But um, I guess I missed the first introduction to your show, and could you explain... Now, TKO is a boxing term meaning technical knockout, and if that's what you mean, what does that have to do with local politics? I wonder if you would kindly explain that. Um, well, it's not. there's not a big explanation behind it. Uh, my initials are KO, Karen Audubonny, and when... Oh. Yeah, that's it. There you go. That's it. And um, some people around here in the community think I'm a powerhouse. I don't go with that, but, you know, and I've got a scary reputation living seven and a half miles back a dirt road so when alicia bales asked me what i wanted to title the show i said i don't know i've had so many different titles on so many different shows the last open line show i did or political show was called hot um hot flash because it was on friday um so i just said oh pick something so actually that came from 
from Alicia Bales, and then the the incredible song that starts out the show, which I just love because I'm a disco fan, and that kind of music uh, comes from Rich, the engineer. He pulled that together for me. So there you go. Um, that's where it comes from. Nothing big, nothing exciting. I don't know that I'm a knockout, but I can I can stir trouble. How's that? <laughs> I've never oh, okay. taken anybody to the mat, but if I had to, I might be able to. How's that? Okay, real good. Thanks All right. for that explanation. Thanks for your show. Yeah, have a great holiday. Take care. Yeah, All right. Bye. All right, that's it. That's what's happening on that one. So anyway, yeah, what's going on with the supervisors? So they've had... Oh, they've had three meetings since I was last on the air with you folks. Um, pretty intense meetings, two seven-hour meetings. There's almost eight-hour meetings. Um, the The last show I did was with um, Kyle Farmer. He was on the chair of the redistricting committee. Um, incredible young guy. Uh, just a shout-out to him and all all the committee members there was five committee members one from each district they did a great job in a short short time frame and so the map that they had uh, come up with at the very last map it was map 12 i think was the last what they called it i remember they all were in progression but the final map that moved part of the hopland area north of hopland into the uh, first district, which was Glenn McGordy's, that map held at the supervisors. They approved it, and they moved it on to the next um, step, which is they have to draft an ordinance, and then they get to put that on the, once they read the ordinance, I believe, then they approve it. But it has to be, that map has to be approved by December 15th. So there's going to be a meeting on the 7th, and then a meeting on the 14th, if anything comes up, they've still got time, but it looks like that last little bit of adjustment north of uh, Hopland is going to hold, and that's going to be the new district maps. Um, yeah, so that means up north, above uh, Covalo, not above Covalo, excuse me, above Laytonville, the fourth district swings in a little bit east and picks up bell springs and some of um spy rock road so that's what's going to hold that's what we're going to have there so uh that's happening um the other thing that's happening is i will say again i am going to going to complain i don't know if it does any good several other people are complaining too i am really getting tired and frustrated of having to hear all about the cannabis program and what's going in the, on in the cannabis program during public comment. Again, the last couple of meetings comes up that the director, the gal that's in charge, uh, that's in head of the cannabis program right now, who reports to the supervisors, there is not a standing cannabis committee, which I th think there should be in my humble opinion, because there's all this stuff that comes to the supervisors and it's not coming in an agended uh, topic. It's coming, all this information and all these questions are happening during public comment. So if you're not there, right there at the beginning of the supervisors, watching it, streaming it, listening to it, um, you don't know that this is happening. You can't come in at a certain time. You can't check in. So that to me has been very frustrating. I have no idea why it's going on. 
totally think it shouldn't be going on. I think there should be a standing committee. Again, this is my humble opinion, but I am not the only one that has been saying this for a long time. It makes it very difficult to get information and keep track of what's going on. So there you go. My humble opinion on that one. Um, that happened. Um, so that happened. So we're still hearing that. Um, I want to jump back to, well, we'll go, we'll go over volunteerism later because I was going to talk about the redistricting committee. Um, it was a really great, it was a great process to watch. There's very few meetings and streaming events for around the county's committees and the board meetings. And, you know, I stream a lot of the different meetings, the ad hoc drought committee meetings and all of that. Um, I have to tell you that this redistricting committee, the way it was run, it was on a fast clip, but it was very well run, very well, um, very transparent. You knew exactly what was going on. It made a lot of sense. There wasn't a lot of confusion. Um, and it took a very short time. This was less than six months. This, this group got together in September, and it's done now. So what's that, September, October, November, barely four months. And what I was thinking about is that Kyle Farmer is a young guy. I don't know what his age, he's probably in his 30s. And he stepped up to do this. And one of the things he said on the air when I had him on last uh, two weeks ago was, he's always been interested in community politics, county politics, and foreign politics, but he stepped into this position to do this because he's a young father, helps run the farm and all of that. He stepped in to do this because he knew it was going to be on a short time frame, and he knew he had the time and the energy to do a short time frame, not something that takes a lot of time. And what I realized is that we need to get a lot of these younger community members to step up and take some of these positions. Because a lot of us that are doing this, the radio show, a lot of the committees, the grand juries and all of that, you have to be retired and have the time to commit to some of these longer projects. But there's some of these other smaller committees and smaller issues that don't require a lot of time. And I think it's really great that we encourage and try to get the younger community members to step in to do some of these positions. Um, I know it's hard, it's balancing and all that, but I got to tell you, my generation's getting older and not being able to do it, and it's going to take the new generation to come in. The younger generation that care about the communities, that are stepping up to save the forest and all this, um, I really hope we can encourage the younger generation to step up and do some focused political work and community work and uh, help move the county to the next generation and the next platform. There's my spiel. All right, folks, 895-2448. It's open lines. We're talking about what's going on in the county, what's going on at Thanksgiving, um, all of that kind of good stuff. Got a lot of stuff I can talk about here. I got a whole list. But I want to get you involved and talk about what's going on in your community. So I've got another caller. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Good morning. Good Thank morning. Thank you for the chair. Just wanted to comment on your last um, thought. I think it's uh, it would be great if we could see some of the employers maybe saying to um, some of their employers or one or two of the employees, 
who may be actively already possibly involved say, hey, why don't you take an hour off this Friday and um, go read or, or look at something that you're interested in, not to push any of their political views, um, and then just give them, you know, I, I think this may, this is a great way to, uh, to think about how uh, employers and local folks can um, get involved in the younger age uh, without having to worry about jeopardizing uh, some of the other uh, aspects of their life. So I wanted to throw that comment out there and see what you thought about that. And I had a question that's kind of been plaguing my mind for a little while here, which has to do with how we're speaking about uh, the new electrical infrastructure that may come about here in the future. I see a lot of um, housing going up, which I really is awesome. We need housing really, really bad. But I'm, I'm concerned that our, um, our codes are not uh, up to par with uh, including at least some kind of electrical infrastructure for when these vehicles are parked at the apartment buildings or parked at some of the new hotels and places that are up that that electrical infrastructure is being required by our county. So my question is, is there any foresight for the electrical infrastructure uh, for our future vehicle grid that we're really hoping to get here soon? Well, I don't know. Um, what I have been hearing, <clears throat> pardon me, at the supervisor's level is Dan Jurdy is on a committee, I think it's a committee, I think it's a group, and they're working with the county buildings, county offices, county-owned properties, which there are many, to get them very energy-efficient. And I think there has been some discussion about setting up a lot of these charging places, maybe at county offices and the different communities and stuff. So Dan Jurdy, um, I believe Dan Jurdy is actually going to be coming on the air and doing a show called uh, Citizen You, where how you as a citizen can get involved, which I think is fantastic because that's what's going to take people. That's what we can't just say, oh, here's a problem. Somebody else go solve it. We need to get involved with it. So I'll, I will throw that out to Dan Jurdy to see if maybe that's that's something he can talk about. I know he's done a show around that, but yes, um, we need to, as a county, be looking at, I think, at a lot of our planning and zoning issues for housing and what gets built, how it gets built. In fact, that was one of the topics I was going to talk about, um, but thank you for the call. I'm going to let you get off the air, then I can take another call. And I want to oh, yeah. go ahead and just plug the macaque because I was at What's uh, that? What is that? on the last the last uh, Mendocino County Climate Action That's Advisory there you go. Committee. Yeah. Um, and so there's a way to get involved, so I'll go ahead and plug that. I'm not sure when their next no. meeting is. Good plug Thank it. you. Yeah, thank you, John. Okay. Um, one of the topics I was going to throw out today, because it's getting, uh, it's starting to get some um airtime with the board of supervisors is starting to get some community talking about is the airbnbs in the county um and what they're doing to the housing stock and what does it mean when you take um houses out of the rental market out of the markets for sales when corporations come in and buy up a lot of the housing and then do weekend rentals i know anderson valley has gotten really hit hard with the airbnbs the coast has gotten hit really really hard um in so much so 
as that at the November 16th, here's my notes, on November 16th at the board meeting, it came up at the supervisors meeting, and they actually created an ad hoc committee that's supposed to be looking at the balancing of short-term rentals and getting a policy. How, we're, how are we going to balance it out? I know Sonoma County is working on it. I know uh, San Francisco, a lot of cities across the United States and across California are now looking this as an issue. And what is the impact of these Airbnbs and pulling housing stock out of our communities? What effect is it having on the communities? So there is now a new ad hoc committee. I believe, I know Ted Williams brought the topic up, but I believe that the two supervisors that are on this ad hoc committee are Ted Williams and Dan Jurdy. After the holiday, I'll try to get one of them or both of them on and we can talk about I'll get another supervisor on to talk about what's going on. In the interim, 895-2448, and I have a couple callers when you get on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Okay, then. Hi there. Um, Good morning. Hi. I really liked what you said about the uh, uh, younger folks and the older folks in terms of getting it and, uh, you know, kind of choosing what kind of issues to be involved in. That sounds really, really practical and wise at the same time, which is a wonderful combination. I love that combination. Um, uh, I'm an elder. Uh, I'm a senior person, and I would really love to be involved. I've, I've wanted to get to Jackson State, et cetera, but I have transportation issues. And um, you can, can you still hear me? You're listening. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm, very, I'm listening know. intently. I'm very quietly listening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, and so, and so oh, there's so many things to unpack, but I'm going to try and keep it simple. Um, uh, and so I know there's, we have to do things differently than we've been doing. You know, it's, it can't just be about electric cars. It's about how we function as neighborhoods. You know, I'm yes. out in the sticks in Albion. And, but here's the one, one little issue I would bring up in terms of my own thing with transportation. Okay? Yeah. Mm, if I had, if... If the MTA, and I've talked to the MTA drivers about it, and they said that MTA listens to the ridership or potential ridership way more than they listen to drivers, and they also said that the MTA is also a federally funded uh, institution as well. So that's pertinent information. If there were, uh, and this, my community, for example, Albion, could be Little River, anywhere in the county, these uh, outlying areas, if there was a bus once a week that actually came up Albion Ridge all the way up to Middle Ridge and down so I could walk to the end of my driveway once a week to get a two- or three-hour trip, you know, something where you weren't stuck all day, but so that I could do my errands once a week, I would not even need or want to own a car. Yeah, so that's a good idea. This is part of the idea. whole thing. There are, I'm sure there's many people of, of varying ages who would choose not to even own a car if they had some, uh, the right public transportation help. 
That's true, and it is MTA does get federal money. Um, yeah, um, this is a great idea. I mean, I've I've been in Anderson Valley long enough that I remember when there was a Greyhound bus that actually came through from San Francisco to Fort Bragg that you could actually get on it going north, going south, and get out of the valley and not have to drive, um, yeah. which got you know got killed that whole the whole thing when everybody got you know everybody consolidated and all of that everybody's priorities were different well it wasn't really really that focus on the priorities for now and it has like i say it has to be at every every level so my shout out is anybody out there who thinks this is a good idea write up a good proposal send it to mta i don't know who you'd address for the federal end of it but you know, we need to be doing, getting some more uh, safe ride shares. Yes. You know? Yes. I mean, exactly. You know. Yes. Bingo. Yeah. Good and idea. So, and, anyway, and, I love that idea, and and uh, I look forward to being able to uh, get involved more. Well, and here's a very a, involved person, but I just it's hard. Not. It's hard when you're out in the country. It's hard when you have to get in a car and drive. You know, I understand all of that. Here's here's another concept that happened years ago in Anderson Valley. I don't know if it can I can happen other places, but I'm just going to put it out. Because one of the things that frustrates me is when we always try to recreate the wheel. Why don't we just take a wheel and modify it? Okay. Yeah. So years ago, one of our local community members passed away, and she set up a revolving fund, a self-supporting fund for the Anderson Valley Senior Center. And they were able to buy a bus. And so this has an endowed bus, and they are able to pick up seniors and take them to the lunches. They also have a day, one day a week, where they, maybe I think it's one day a week or one day every other week, where they take people to Ukiah, and they take a group to Santa Rosa for shopping and for medical and stuff like that. So this is something that was set up through the senior center. It's just a tiny bus. It's not... No, I think it's maybe the yeah. size of an MTA bus, but it's something that's endowed. It self it self perpetuates itself, nice. and that allows our seniors to get out and about and do things. So and it's just a concept to throw this out, folks. Just a good size it, van would be big enough. There you, you know, go, an eight seat van. Yeah, an we eight don't, person we van. We need to get out of the cookie cutter mode. Anyway, there you go. Thanks so much. All right, thank you. Hang in there. Bye. Try to do what you can. Yep. All right. Have a good day. Have a great Halloween. All right. Thanksgiving <laughs> holiday. All right, folks, 895-2448. Yeah, so this whole thing with Airbnb and taking housing stock out is a big issue. It's getting more of a big issue every day, I believe, especially as we're finding out that there's corporations that are coming in and buying up properties to do just this only. Takes it out of the the community. Um, Plus, I've been hearing terrible stories about communities... uh, you know, in the Fort Bragg area where there's a residential area and one of the houses in this very close residential area is an Airbnb and there's parties happening all the time and you've got transients or not transients, tourists or whatever coming in, those who can afford weekend B&Bs and stuff, coming in and it really changes the tenor of that neighborhood. All great concepts. Um, I will be following these ad hoc meetings on this specific issue once they get up and running. Okay, we got phone lines. We're going to get people on. Good morning, caller. You're on the air with me. Turn your radio off. Hello. Hello. All right, your phone's breaking up. Sorry about that. I'm going to have to take you down and go to another one. Um, 
Uh, let's see. Try it now. Um, so I was just saying that I'm a longtime local here. I've been here since 1975, and um, I've seen a lot of different things go on. And it seems to me, and maybe I, I would I would encourage you, and, and I, I hear that you have your thoughts and your beliefs of it, I encourage you to see the whole picture of the Airbnb scenario. Um, if we're going to regulate so heavily what people do on their own private property, um, that then um, that just seems a little bit intrusive. Um, I, I think that there is some, maybe some balance there, but I think it's unrealistic to say that the only thing that's happening in Mendocino County is, in terms of Airbnb, is that you know corporations are buying stuff up and, and renting it out. I think that uh, you have it. Say you have a piece of property that, that's going to rent out for uh, Airbnb, maybe 150 bucks a night or something like that, and then you're going to expect um, for um, some person, you know, um, to be able to. Uh, uh, be, make a monthly rent to be able to offset that. Um, those houses that Airbnb people want are pretty plush. Um, I think that there needs to be um, low-income housing, and I think that there needs to be, you know, housing for people who, who need and want it. But I think if people have a, a, an extra dwelling on their property and, and they can derive income from 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 that, it's, um, you know... Uh, it's it's a good it's a good thing. Um, it also does support tons of economy in our in our towns. Um, these people coming up and being able to shop at our local businesses, and they do shop at our local businesses. They go through the the retail. They buy their food here. They do stuff. So let's not just look at it from one aspect, you know. And just to put that out there, and I'm going to just say one thing and go, and that is that. When COVID hit, I, I, I know there was a lot of people that were saying, we should shut down the border of Mendocino County and not have anybody come here. And that's just not realistic. Um, we don't have logging anymore. We don't have fishing anymore. Tourism is the industry that is happening, and we need to be able to work with it. Um, I know that, of course, having people that are unsustainable and noisy and that, but the reality of it is, with Airbnb or any other kind of app, um, BRBO, if you ha- if you get a negative review, you don't get to be able to be booked booked again. So that is usually an anomaly, a one time thing. Someone that doesn't have a good doesn't have any reviews. So I, that's my two cents. So I I validate all the points you have um, <clears throat> because when I was talking about this, I originally Airbnb was that you had an extra room, you wanted to rent it out, you had a small cottage in the back, and you lived on site, you were there, and you were renting it out to make some extra money, to pay your bills, whatever. That was the concept originally of Airbnb. Um, There is actually a great article, and I'm going to say this, that I don't know if you can get it online, if you have to be, um, I think you have to be a subscriber. Um, The Anderson Valley Advertiser this morning, I read it online to check because... um, Mark Scaramella and I love to argue about the Board of Supervisors and politics, so I have to see what he's doing lately. Um, There was actually an incredibly well-written article around Airbnb, how it started, what it was meant to be, and what it's gone into. 
so there are different levels of Airbnb, and I totally agree with that. Um, so, and I'm talking about the whole thing, you know. I'm yeah. not talking about just Airbnb. I'm talking about VRBO or Hipcamp. Right, well, it's the same idea. Any, I, it's right, out there. It's yeah. all it's, it's all, all the same concept. Trying to regulate, that right. they're trying to regulate, and 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 I think that you know you get two or three people that that you know that don't have like you said the retirees or whatever that is that don't have anything else to do and they're going to these meetings and saying oh we don't want these people and none of that everything else coming here but i can tell you from some experience that i have that they're very respectful they're very caring they don't leave trash what is the alternative the alternative is to rent your building out to somebody that the moment that you rent to them, they can be there for 90 days or whatever, and now with COVID stuff, maybe they could stay there indefinitely. They can trash your building. I know horror stories of people that have rented places, and and I'm not saying I'm just I'm not saying that what I'm saying is the only reality. I'm just saying that this is another part of it that has to be put into the equation. There's not just one side this story never is one side to every story but i do <laughs> believe but i will say that when big corporations or people come in and starting buying multiple units with this intention i think that may be a time to start looking at some of the regulations and seeing it because at what point does it become a commercial entity and at mm-hmm. what point does zoning come in as to where you can put a commercial entity just yeah, things, just think that's things also about too, like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that is is relies on these old outdated um you know lo- rules laws uh when i'm trying to i'm not coming up with the right word codes. But, uh, that would be codes and ordinances i think is what you're looking for yeah, there you go old ordinances that don't yeah. really work and stuff so i i think updating the ordinances is is, a, is is somewhat of a good thing but you have to do it in a way where it's got to be balanced, so that exactly you know you're not you're not driving away these people that are really just great people that come and yeah. want to spend a weekend, and so be it. And or you know you're not you're not closing it down, and you're not also opening up it up to some uh, stuff. But again, to go back to that, if you get a bad review on any of those sites you don't you're going to get it anymore well uh, thanks for the call and and i will say that the ad hoc committee's title is balance short-term rental policy that's what they're going to be looking at which is a great thing so real quick before i go what 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 would somebody want to do if they wanted to um you know not necessarily being uh you know being uh against it but what 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 happens you know, do you have to go to the meet to these meetings and sit there with these people and tell them the reality? Well, once this speaks for the other side, or so uh, I, my, everything I hear mostly, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. everything I hear mostly, it seems very one-sided. Well, I've been hearing both sides. So what I'm going to do is this ad hoc committee just got created. Okay, on the 16th, I think it was on the 16th of November. This ad hoc committee just got created. They will, as in idioc any ad hoc committee, they will be um, streaming their meetings, which will be on YouTube, I'm sure. You can just go in and Google it, Mendocino County, you know, uh, that committee meme. So um, I'm sure once they get up and running, there will be an avenue for you to get uh, information to them, a statement, if you want to stream it. I think you can, on all these meetings, you have the access to call in to the meeting. You can also email 
prior to these committee meet ad hoc committee meetings. So I'll make sure that once this committee gets up and running and I get access to them, I'll get that out. Now I don't know what district you're in, but you can always get a hold of Ted Williams or Dan Jurdy or your supervisor and give them input. So there you go. But thanks for the call. Yeah, like you said, Ted Williams brought it, so he's 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 he's, he's definitely on it. I think Dan Jurdy's the other he, member. So right. All right. Thanks a lot. Um, Okay, there we go. Yeah, so that's going to come up, but I will get us more information about that. Um, I got a call coming in, but the other thing, the topic I really wanted to throw out today is the Board of Supervisors is kind of rushing forward with uh, combining the auditor um, and tax collector offices. Uh, okay, it was a, it's a really fascinating rushed thing that's happening that I will be covering quite a bit because I don't understand why it's being rushed. I don't understand what these departments do. And from watching these board meetings, it doesn't sound like the board even knows what these departments do. And they're going to throw these two positions together, which now are elected positions, actually. So let's get the callers on because that's what I want to do today. Whoops. Um... Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Are you there? Yeah, yay. Okay. I'm out here in the middle of nowhere, so uh, my radio, I don't know, but you touched on near. You're breaking up, Bob. You're so breaking up. you got to get to a better spot and call. He's Gentlemen, about, well, I can do it. I should be able to do what I want with my property. Yes, as long as you have the proper... Pr- all right, you're breaking up, Bob. Sorry about that. I'm going to go to the next caller. Hey, caller, you're on the air. I hope you got a better line. I hope so, too. Hi. Hi. You're buzzing I a bit, but to not too bad. I the transportation conversation started by the woman from Albion. Okay, yes. Um, this is really important. Um, I live five miles from Laytonville out in the woods. Okay. And we used to have the MTA come to make a couple stops in the area once a day to go to Willits and back. That was discontinued. The Greyhound bus no longer stops, even though we're on the 101, <laughs> no longer stops in Laytonville. Um, there is Amtrak, but you have to have at least one train stop ticket in order to use the bus service, which is a huge bus that's probably not full that goes up and down the 101 and there's also the veterans bus there are these agencies that have room to take people we don't have hitchhiking or carpooling like we did in the 60s and 70s anymore and for those of us in our 80s it's not good idea to be driving long distances um, on these roads so the long valley health center bought a brand new BMW van um, that must seat about 10 people. And they also bought um, a four-door car. They can't find drivers. And I understand nobody can find drivers, truckers or whatever. And they have willingly offered to transport people to medical offices and whatever if they could find drivers. So they have two brand new vehicles sitting there, and you don't even need a special license to drive the sedan that they bought. There's a lot of money out there. I don't know how to get it or who can funnel it, but 
these vehicles are just sitting there. And um, I've proposed, like the woman, exactly the same thing. A once-a-week trip, in our case, to Willits to do shopping for a couple hours and then come back, hit the library. We're supposed to get a new library branch here in Laytonville, but that remains to be seen. Um, and I'm one of many back-to-the-landers that have gotten old and are out here, and we need new kinds of arrangements for ourselves. And they're there. The, they, we just can't connect the dots. These two brand-new vehicles trans, for transport sitting here because they can't get the right kind of drivers or any drivers. I don't know. This is a conversation that I think... Um, should be picked up big time. Well, you know yeah. what? You now have inspired me to get MTA on the air and find out what the heck is going on. Because this is, um, that's where I, I want to first out applaud uh, Laytonville. Uh, it's the health center, right? Yep. Valley is it Layton, Little Va- Lake Valley. Is that what it's Long called? Valley Long Valley. Valley. There we go. Center. Long Valley Health Center. Applaud them for doing that. And I think we're just going to put a big shout out, folks. If you're in the North County, Laytonville, and you want to drive to drive people around, I'm sure it's a paid position. Dang it. Let's get out there and do this. But um, yeah, thanks for bringing this up because this has become. I'm also was a back to lander. Am a back to lander, and I'm still back in the land. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm I'm seven and a half miles back into dirt road, as most people know. So this is becoming a really important issue. Uh, we try to the neighbor and I, you know, we try to plan our trips together so we can go out and do things and all that kind of work with the neighbors. But um, to have these this bus and this car sitting there and you can't do it because of a driver we need to just shout out to the different communities hey folks get somebody up there to help you drive and thanks for bringing this up i will follow up on this with mta how's that thank you and see what we can do good luck and have a great holiday thanks you too yeah all right wow Transportation, yeah, another thing I don't think about sometimes because I'm still mobile and we have these access in Anderson Valley to these things. So that's a good thing to shout out, folks. Um, anybody up in Laytonville that needs a job and wants to have a good, that has to have a good driving record and care about seniors, do it. 895-2448. I'm going to keep going on um, about the topics I've got on my list here. We did. Uh, oh, so yeah, back to this auditor tax controller thing. Um, the auditor and the tax controller are two elected positions. They have been forever. It's two of the positions where um, usually what happens is the second in command in the office steps up, runs, and becomes the lead position in these ones. So we had the occasion uh, several months ago where Lloyd Weir, the county auditor, stepped down after many, many, many years before his term was over. Um, And so there had been discussion about what these two departments do. Do you need two elected positions with a you know, with head of these departments? Um, So that had been kind of churning in the background. And then all of a sudden, kabam, within two months, it's on the board's agenda that they're pushing to combine these two departments and have one elected position, potentially, or go to a county financial officer, which would be a hired position. 
So it happened really fast at the supervisor chambers. I've been watching these, and all of a sudden it just came down, and it got pushed forward uh, at the last meeting on the fifth on the fifteenth. Excuse me, the fifteenth of November, it got pushed forward that they're going to move ahead, and they've got the county council looking about this would have to go before the um, electorate to combine these positions. Um, something similar happened many years ago when they combined the county assessor's office with the registrar voters' office. Uh, lots of turmoil after they did it. It's taken years for it to settle out. It's settled out. It seems to be working okay. Um, so I think they're kind of thinking this. Um, my, my concern and my where I stop and go, huh, is that I haven't seen anything that's come to the Board of Supervisors in their packets or anything that talks about, that looks at these two departments. What do they do? Why are they separate? What does it mean if you combine them? Because they do two very different, different jobs. They're very different departments. Um, and the one thing that kept being thrown out at that board meeting was, oh, well, Sonoma County has a joint. Several other counties have joint uh, departments. These, these departments are together in one. But there was no analysis that I could see about, does it work? Why did they combine them? How do they operate? Are they independent or what? There was, it was just like, yeah, we're thinking about doing this. Yeah, see what it's going to take. County council, see about uh, getting something on the ballot to get the voters to vote about this and combining it. So this is just starting to happen. It's just been on the agenda. It is moving forward. I don't know. It has to move. What they're saying is it has to move fairly fast because they're talking about the supervisors and the County Council are talking about getting this on the next year's um, ballot. That would either be in the spring or in the fall, I guess. And it takes a process to do that. So they seem like they're rushing into this. And I just was like, wow, can we get more information? And what, what does this actually mean for these departments? Um, because I, for one, have always thought it's really odd that we, the electorate, vote for this treasurer position and this audit position when most of us don't even understand what they do and what it entails. And that's why it's generally just the next person in line steps up and takes over. So this is up for a bunch of discussion that's coming up. Um, I'm going to try to get, I will, probably uh, in the next month or so, I'm going to get uh, Sherry Schapmeyer, who is with the, she's the tax collector. She's uh, the current tax collector now. That's where you pay your taxes and all of that. Um, actually had the, I actually did the debate or interview with her when she ran. Oh, God, many years ago. Um, and then I was going to see if I could get Lloyd Weir on to talk about these two departments. What do they actually do just to get us educated? Because if indeed this ends up on the ballot next year, I really want our inform I want our voters to be informed because right now for everything that I've done around all these departments, everything I've done around these board of supervisors meeting, I have no idea. No idea at all why they're pushing that except to save costs and have one department head. And then the whole concept of a county financial officer under the CEO or under the supervisors. So it's going to be a hot topic, I hope, and I hope it, I want to get everybody informed as to what's going to happen if this gets on the ballot. All right, 895-2448. That's one of the topics I wanted to talk about. Um, 
Then the other thing I'm going to just say, because I've been watching it, is this whole thing with the sheriff and his IT department and uh, the whole thing of him getting an outside counsel about um, what's going on in his department with the supervisors and all of that. It still came up again. It keeps coming up at the board chambers. Um, Matt Kendall, who was out of town, he'd been, and it came up again when he wasn't in town. Um, yeah, I, I just want to give you my quick sense of what's going on because I know people are like taking sides on the issue already. There's no sides to be had at now anyway. Um, there's a lot of posturing going on in the county seat, okay? Um, the county council is pushed to get an outside firm hired for the sheriff and they came up with um, county council recommended and the board approved an LA group an LA lawyers to come up and represent our sheriff our sheriff would like to be represented by a local attorney so it's in the courts and Mormon is looking at it to decide is there a conflict does this really need to happen and what's going on and all of a sudden, last week, the, the county council came in and said, and the supervisor approved it, this is what we're going to do, this is your attorney, this is who we're going to pay for. And I got to think that they didn't even wait for Ann Mormon, the judge's decision to come in about the whole process, can, what can be done, and the whole legal side of it. Um, so I don't know, a lot of posturing going on. Uh, Sheriff's Department is just sitting back and waiting to see where the chips fall, which I think is a great approach. Um, it seems like the underlying issues of the budget, can you charge the, can you actually go to the uh, sheriff at the end of the year and say, oh my God, you're a million dollars over budget because of overtime and you got to pay that back. Can you do that to department heads? County, the county supervisors already said, no, it's a law, but we've never done it. We're not going to do it. So that's kind of a non-issue. And then the whole thing with about the IT department in um, information services being under the county CEO's office, that's a whole nother discussion that needs to probably have some legal input. But um, from what I gather, that could come from the state. It doesn't have to be outside attorneys. So just to catch everybody up, that's still in the works. Don't know how it's going to fall. Um, I just hate to see it take so much time for the supervisors, the sheriff, and potentially, you know, a lot of money out for the county for some kind of could-be-done-in-house non-issues. A lot of posturing. In my humble, very, very humble opinion. All right, 895-2448 to get involved in this conversation. What's going on in your community? I hit the high points. Shop local. Support your food banks. Support your senior centers. Um... It's getting cold outside. We're going to be dealing probably with um, shelters for the winter coming up. I have no idea what's going on the coast with the shelters, inland with the shelters, all that kind of stuff. All right, folks, 895-2448. What's going on in the county for you and what's happening? Um, other thing, just throwing it out. I don't know how many people got these, but I got this fancy flyer. I don't know how many pages it is. Six pages, maybe? 
flyer in the mail called The Little Stinker. And it's from the um, it's Gunk Train. And it's a huge flyer. I'm in Boonville and I got it. I checked with somebody in Yorkville. They didn't get it. I'm not sure how far this went. But this came out prior to the announcement that the Skunk Train, Mendocino Railroad Company that's owned by a company, Sierra, I believe, over in the outside of here, um, has actually acquired the GP land out on in Fort Bragg. And they've got this huge development thing they're going to do. So that's happening. Another big issue we'll probably be covering shortly here. All right, caller. Caller, you're on the air. What's going on? Okay. So all the uh, food banks and uh, helping centers and all that, Yes. they need blankets, socks, underwear. They need jackets Yes. for people that are out in the weather. People can go through their closets and pick out their old jackets, get themselves a new one for the season, and give their old one out to somebody that really needs it. The cold weather is coming, and these people need to stay warm. So um, if people want to go through their clothing and find something, I know the Willis Food Bank is asking for jackets right now. So uh, warm weather, uh, cold weather clothing would be really beneficial to the people in need in our county. I heard sleeping bags, too. Anything for warmth. Yeah, anything for warmth. Socks, cold weather's here. here. Um, Are you up in the North County, up in the Willis area? Yes, I am. Do they have um, housing up there, shelters for people on the streets in the winter? I know Fort Bragg does. I know Ukiah does. Not to my knowledge. They don't. I, I'm, I'm not sure of that. Huh. Okay. Just I'm just curious because I don't hear a lot about what's going on in that area. I have to kind of dig to get the information. So thanks. Thanks for reminding us to get the go through all our clothing and stuff now and make sure we can get yeah. bundles together. All yeah, because right. the people, if they get cold and get sick, that's even a bigger load on the tax, taxpayers. Got it. Have a great holiday. You too. Thank you. Good morning. Good You're morning. on the air. Oop. You there? Hi. Good morning. Yes, I am. Hi. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I don't know if you covered this, but I was curious to know what you can say about the relationship between this great rail line thing of McGuire's and the uh, skunk takeover of Fort Bragg. I don't think those are connected at all. I do yeah. not believe those are connected. But I'm going to, most likely as we get further into this, um, I actually know uh, Robert uh, Pinoli Jr. He's an Anderson Valley resident. I'll get him on now that I get this big flyer and just heard announced that they've gotten the whole GP property and they've got this huge, great development thing in this fancy flyer. I will get him on the air and we'll talk about it. How's that? That would be good. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Have a great holiday. All Thanks. right. Same to you. Good morning, caller. You're on the air. Sorry, but I just uh, have to double dip on that, uh, on the one about the, um, for homeless. Yes. In Washington for some homeless people there, and um, I decided to just actually ask the homeless people what they most needed. And um, it what was a concept. Uh, those little instant pocket hand warmer things. Oh, okay. Okay. And little uh, can like keychain can openers. Okay, okay. would have thought and of that. Candles, like if you're in a tent, you know, a little candle can oh, make candles. a huge amount of difference. And then the thing that the homeless people didn't even think of to go with the socks, and that is shoes and boots. Nobody thought of that. Yeah. And if you, you know, good footwear. And so what I used to do, if I ever had any money at the end of the month, I would hit the thrift stores and I would buy. Uh, as many pairs of good 
shoes and boots as I could afford, and I would take them to the shelters. Yeah. Um, so those are those. Those are fat. No, that's a good one. That's what I've been doing for years. I'm very uh, conscientious about footwear because of the ranch and being on hill slopes and stuff. So I don't wear them down very long before I get new yeah. ones. And I oh. always have a stack of them, a big bag yeah. of them. And I drop them off at the, I used to do it at Plowshares. And now there's the day center thing on the, a little bit further down on State Street. So I always just always take a big bag of all that kind of stuff and put it there so the yeah. homeless can go through it. But that's a good thing to remember. Oh, good and footwear. I would grab backpacks and also um uh just any kind of you know uh rain ponchos yeah Okay, I got to get out. But okay, thanks bye. for reminding us. I got to get out of here. All right, folks, listen, I want everybody to go safely this Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. Stay tuned. We're going to do some incredible programming, and I'll be back with you in two weeks. This has been a production of Mendocino County Public Broadcasting. KZYX, Philo 90.7 FM. KZYZ, Willits and Ukiah 91.5 FM. And Fort Bragg at 88.1 FM. You can find more content like this on our website at kzyx.org. And consider donating by clicking the red donate button in the upper right corner. Thank you for listening.